welcome to Long Story Long. I'm your host, Lisa Curry. Today's guest is the hilarious comedian, Esther Steinberg. Esther is the host of the podcast, Stand Up Mom. She's a stand-up. She's a mom. She's got other stand-ups on that podcast that are also moms. Check that out. Um, Also, Esther has a really great comedy special, stand-up comedy special called Burning Bush that is available on Amazon Prime. You should check that out as well. I love her. You're going to love her. Uh, Here you go. We did awesome. it! <laughs> hey Esther, how are you? Good. I was worried that my hair was gonna look like shit, and luckily, well, nobody's gonna hear your hair, so oh, you're God. good. Thank God. <laughs> I mean, you'd really have to rustle it around for it to get picked up. So it also shows just how much trust I have in you that I would even yeah. expose <laughs> my my messy hair to you. Your hair is the best. I'm so jealous of it. Um, the lion's mane. Yeah, it's so good. It's Thanks. so good. Mine's like a shitty, like wave. It's not. I've dyed it too but much. But it's blonde, so it's better than everyone else. <laughs> there we go. Yes. Don't you know of the course. rules of the world? <laughs> blonde hair is better. Yeah, it's uh, golden. You know. Um, <laughs> so I um I love your comedy of course and you uh you grew up in Florida what part of Florida are you from again Tampa what so go good. bucks <laughs> I used to say it's there. like strippers with c-section scars <laughs> and now so I can good. and then I was like you know what that's rude and now I can make that joke because I have a c-section scar yeah there you go it comes back around full yeah. circle <laughs> I'm one of um, the best c-section comedians yeah, I, that's what I've been saying to people. I'm like, <laughs> get your C-section comedy here. It's a large market. <laughs> you have so many great jokes about having a kid and being a mom and stuff. I, lo- I love it. Um, when you were a kid, did you know you wanted to get into comedy? Like, is this a lifelong thing that you When knew? I was very little, I loved mm-hmm. to entertain and I was such a ham. It was uh-huh. a lot. And my dad had done stand-up comedy when he was in his Get 20s. out. Yeah. Like, wait, for how long? You know, it's hard to say, but he was always, like, the funny guy. Mm-hmm. And he would dress up as Captain Funny. Get and out. <laughs> try to stop traffic in Tampa. <laughs> and his sister sewed him a wait. costume, Captain no, Funny. No, what is this costume? It was, like, this weird gold cape. And, like, it had, like, a Superman-ish, but it was F for fu- Captain Funny. Whatever. Embarrassing. And that was, like, in high school. And then when he was in college, he would do, like, musical comedy. And then he went to L.A. to try to make it and, I guess, gave himself, oh, like – Wait, when you were in school? No, I wasn't born okay. yet. Okay. He gave himself, like, a certain amount of years or something or maybe months. And then he ended up going to law school. And then mm-hmm. he continued. And then he became a part owner of a comedy club. Because they were looking for legal advice and my dad was looking for stage time and he was like, I'll do your contracts. (laughs) I'll do all the lawyer shit, but I want to be a part owner. I want to host on Fridays or something. And so then... That's a pretty... That's like pretty low. Like, I I mean, I... Uh, that's a low amount of stage time need. Like, I just want to host one show a week. Right, right. I'll do your contracts. And he, I don't really know the exact details of his comedy career, but I know that it ended because my mom, he married my mom. They had three daughters and she was like, you need to stop going out and you're not good. That's really funny. I don't know if it was, you need to be home or you're not funny enough. (laughs) Either one. We all need wives. We all need wives. Yeah. Yeah, The you're not funny enough is actually way more valid than. Like, you need to be home. Okay, whatever. You could take the kids to the comedy club. They'll figure it out. There's yeah. worse things that happen to kids. I guess so. <laughs> he was doing all kinds of crazy stuff, like, whatever. And then my mom was like, no, not no, you're not going to. Wait, so do your parents then, like, when you were like, I'm going to do stand-up, were they immediately like, all right, cool. So then my dad, like, totally brainwashed me to do stand-up. I was a, <laughs> like, I wanted to be an engineer or maybe an actress or an artist of some musician. I don't know. But my dad was like, you're going to be a comedian. That's 
hysterical. That's like the best. And, and forced you've me. You've succeeded so much. It's like the best kind of st- stage parent, I think. Like, that's, I mean, I'm really it also just shows you how much people want to just please their parents. Yeah, absolutely. But everyone's like thinks that I'm such a rebel for doing comedy. I'm like, no, I, I'd be a rebel for being a therapist. My dad forced me to do stand up. Yeah. It's funny. There should be like, you know, there's all these different awards. You like there's the, you know, the Emmys and the Oscars and the whatever. Like there should be an award for pleased to their parents the most because that's like what no. so many of us are doing. <laughs> No. no, we're not supposed to. It took. It, you're not supposed to make your parents happy. Uh-huh. You're supposed yeah. to live your own life. <laughs> you, I can't. I was always a peacemaker, people pleaser. Mm-hmm. Please love me. Uh huh. And now I'm like, I'll do whatever I want, but please laugh at my jokes. Yeah, it's the same. It's just that you're channeling it in a different way. It's the same energy for sure. So my grandpa was like Uh a jokester. My grandpa is a judge in Tampa and Uh he's Uh comes from New Jersey, Uh got a baseball scholarship to go to Tampa. So he's this like New Jersey Jewish kid now in Tampa playing baseball. And he was obsessed with comedy, like old school comedy, like magic. Uh And then he, he became a lawyer. Then he became a judge. And he was famous in Tampa. He still is for being the judge with the magic tricks. And he had a fake gavel and would like pick a card and like do gags at restaurants. It was so embarrassing. That is so funny. Wait, is does this go like generations back? <laughs> yes. There's so there's multiple generations of these cheese ball Steinbergs just like hamming it up for the waitress that doesn't want to hear your jokes. Like um the bit that I grew up on was the we'd go to brunch with my grandparents. There would be nothing left on the plate, and my grandpa would be like, "Can we get a box?" Yeah. Oh yeah. I I used to wait tables. I've heard that one million times. It's like yeah. it's so embarrassing, yeah. but like <laughs> it it was that plus like a gag gift of like a fake cigarette that was like burnt on the table, uh-huh. and the waitresses would be like, "Oh," he's like. Just kidding. And everyone was like. <laughs> I love that he took props to dinner. <laughs> oh, he had a bag full of magic tricks and props. This guy was like, at first I'm like, it's because we're little kids. And then it's like, no, this is his identity. <laughs> That's so funny. Wait, when's the, when's the first time you did stand up? Were you still in Tampa? I was 17. Get out. Maybe That's 16. so young. Yeah. And I was um, really into, like, anything that involved a stage. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited to do comedy. And my dad signed me up for – literally signed me up for, like, this mm-hmm. class at the Performing Arts Center. And then mm-hmm. also he helped me get a job as the door girl at Side Splitters in, in Tampa. So I ended up was like, okay – my dad Wait. took the brain of someone who's like, you go to school and then you get an internship in a residency mm-hmm. and then you get promoted. Like he took that with comedy and was like, you need to work at a comedy club. Like that was at my internship. And he was like, you're going to take a class, like get an education in comedy. And the class was cool. Like we watched tons of clips and there Uh was like three people in my class and two of them were in their 50s and I was 17. Oh my God. And then the graduation of this like eight week class Mm -hmm. was doing a 20 minute stand up performance. Wait, why were you, did your dad, I assume not, he still wasn't part owner of this club. No, it's, everything. Because okay, I'm like. By the time I was born, by the time I was like one years old, there was like okay. no sight of any comedy. He was just lawyer. Oh, man. That must have been like soul crushing for him. Yeah, I guess so. But he's he's not that good. Are you, you So he's not going to be opening for you then? No, he's not that good. <laughs> if he opened for me, I'd let him do literally two minutes. <laughs> I let him do the kibitz room. He did my show. Oh, my gosh, Esther, that's the cutest thing. And I was like, Dad, you're on the kibitz room show. And he did his show. It was just so – it was bad. <laughs> Wait, but does he think it's bad? 
kind of, he knows. And it's yeah. like the same five jokes. So he wrote my first joke. Oh my God. Can we hear it? What yeah. is it? My uh-huh. first joke, I was like, I don't know how to make a joke. My dad's like, it's a formula. It's a formula. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was reading the comedy Bible when I was like 16. And my dad was like, there's a formula and I'm going to give it to you. And honestly, uh-huh. this could help someone who wants to do comedy because once you get your like couple formula jokes out of the way, you can really go other places. But it was my parents are really supportive. They don't care what I do as long as I'm happy and I marry someone rich and Jewish. I'm kidding. They don't care if I'm happy. <laughs> and now, I love that this is a joke you're telling at 17. 17. Like, marriage focused. <laughs> I mean, it was like a way to rip on my parents and yet my dad wrote it. And yeah. then and then I started doing jokes about like my boyfriend at the time and things like that. And I there was I was so proactive and delusional when I was 17 that I was like constantly at side splitters doing the ticket stuff. Like I actually mm-hmm. had an $8 an hour job there. And then I pushed and pushed to get guest spots mm-hmm. and tried to like really get in to this mm-hmm. club, which was fine. And I remember doing a handful of guest spots, all of their open mics, all of their like funniest contests. And I loved it. And then in high school, they were doing this thing called like the Brotherhood or Unity Mm -hmm. Weekend, Unity Week. And there was like a band that like, you know, in high school, there's they make bands like emo, screamo bands. (laughs) Yes, of course. And so there was an emo, screamo band. And then afterwards, I was going to do stand up comedy. And I was like, yeah, and then stand up. And they were like, yeah, okay. And the teachers like kind of were like, whatever. <laughs> They're like, whatever you need to do to get this energy out I, so you don't yeah, have it in class. I think that I was just pushy and aggressive and I was the only Jew in my high school. So they were just like, what the hell is this? Yeah. And I like was pushy and aggressive and got like on stage. So I get on the picnic tables in my high school and Amazing. I stand up. How'd it go? I remember I got some laughs and I was like trying to make jokes about Facebook, but it wasn't all that great. And there was definitely some awkwardness, but yeah. I had invited my mom to come and videotape. Uh-huh. So I had like the mindset of like, I got to get my JFL tape ready. But I was a 17 so year old funny. High school student. Do you tell me you still have this video somewhere? I don't think so. I think that this, <laughs> I wish, but at the same time, I'm glad it's nowhere to be mm-hmm. found. Like the memory of yeah. it was like, I was pretty good, but like the reality was probably like, this is me bombing in front of my peers at 17. How <laughs> I can't imagine. Like, I was always so nervous in high school and like, I had just way like, too much confidence. Oh, yeah. No, I had none. I'm still trying to get there. <laughs> you know, in my 30s, I'm like, Ugh. Uh, <laughs> but, but I wanted everyone to look at me and watch me tell jokes. Mm-hmm. And then when they didn't go well, I was like, blame it on the crowd. Blame so, it on the always. crowd. That's, that's actually the first rule of comedy. Blame the crowd. <laughs> Did you so after you did this in front of your peers like did you keep going right away or were you like fuck this for a little while I kept I kept at it and I was working at side splitters and I was like going to do their mics and try to do this mic like all three mics in Tampa and I was like this is what I'm going to do duh and mm-hmm. I had a headshot cuz I was like auditioning for theater schools and then mm-hmm. it became this like I feel like I didn't realize this at the time but people who do theater in high school, don't necessarily become professional actors. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think I was (laughs) under the impression that people who were taking drama classes were like Uh, clearly pursuing Like the same as the kids in the science classes and stuff? Like that's just the, yeah. Oh yeah, you were going to go to MIT for engineering? They're like, no, I'm going to go to like a technical training school. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I, like, I had this brain where I was like, oh, you're taking acting classes? Like, no, I'm taking drama one elective. And I saw it as just like acting class for that's your professional. Amazing. That's, I mean, that's the right mindset. 
Like when I was in, I took, you know, a drama class in high school and our teacher, like his big claim to fame that he would talk about uh, too much was that he had been in one McDonald's commercial and he like showed it to us and he's like, I was in this commercial. And I remember thinking like, oh, what the fuck are you doing here then? Obviously it didn't work out. You know, like I just thought, Obviously it didn't, I just thought it was I like the most like, pathetic thing. I would have been like, he has a lot to teach me. I want to be in a McDonald's commercial. Yeah, I was like, this dude's a loser, which, you know, was mean of me to think. <laughs> and what's funny is like, I was also probably the worst person in that class because I had no confidence. And I think I'm the only person working in entertainment now. Ooh. So ooh, there you go, guys. There Take you go, everyone. <laughs> Take that. Look, it's, it's Lisa Curry. <laughs> yeah. They're like, there's Wait. no way that Lisa's still doing acting. There's no, there's no way they even remember my name. I'll you're just, like, like, that's how bad I was. <laughs> I'll be doing a monologue from Streetcar Named Desire. You guys, I'm yeah. shy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So wait, you went to college, right? Yeah. Then I had to go to- Also for acting. I had to go to, I had to go fly like a mm-hmm. real big girl to mm-hmm. New York City to audition with a headshot and a resume Oh my goodness! In a in a Wait, white. Where did you go to college? I went to NYU, but I oh, wore yeah. a white shirt with a black vest and black Perfect. like dressy pants. Yes, <laughs> to audition. Like uh-huh. the fact that you're 17 or 18 and you can't just like be like, I want to apply to acting school. Like, no, you must audition with two contrasting monologues. You must have a headshot and a resume. Like it was a whole ordeal. Yeah. And I auditioned and they wanted to know my acting, previous acting work and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So then, yeah, I, I auditioned there and then. I think that weekend, my family, we all like went to Caroline's or something. I love it. I love it. So did you... This story ends with some girl like deciding she wants to be a therapist or something. (laughs) Right? Like, oh. It should, yeah. Like, so I was really excited. Then I auditioned. Then I got it. And then I realized, I don't want to fucking do this. I want to, I want to be a doctor. No, I I I just wanted my parents to like me, not all these people. (laughs) Yeah, but I totally like went to theater school. They beat me like emotionally abusive, (laughs) like beat all the good things that I had going Uh for me, the confidence, that confident Mm -hmm. girl on the, they killed her or drowned her. Perfect. Great. Um, Yeah. All of the like good acting, they sucked out of me and burnt mm-hmm. to the ground. And any kind of self-love I had, <laughs> they deleted it like a file in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how long? And then are you in college? Are you also doing mics and shows and stuff around New yeah. York? Yeah. Freshman okay, year, cool. I was so you're a just little nervous from all sides. because yeah. <laughs> I was um, being told that I sucked asshole 35 times a day by professional yeah. teachers who are actually losers who um, yeah. teach kids. And by teach, I mean tell them they suck. Yeah. Um, I had well, the best time ever. Them. Yeah, jokes on yeah. them, truly. <laughs> Because because I don't have to teach kids. Wait, when did you? So this so then whole sophomore time, year, I was yeah. like, okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go. Yeah. Freshman year, I was nervous. I yeah, was like, oh, it's New York. I was also nervous freshman year of college, so I just dropped out. I was like, no, this isn't for me. <laughs> I wish. I kept telling myself that like successful people drop out of school. Yeah, I mean. That's the case for a lot of people, but mm-hmm. then also not for a lot. It just, it depends. It depends. I thought it was like a you radical know. slash loser choice to mm-hmm. finish college. <laughs> it is kind of a loser choice, unless you have to. I mean, if you're a doctor or whatever, you yeah. have to. They're not going to let you just like freeform study on your own. Like, no, you're I got like, this. I'm going to do improv. <laughs> a doctor, <laughs> improv doctor. <laughs> so when you're at NYU, like, the whole time are you like laser focused on comedy and acting like did it, there was did you no comedy like, allowed uh-huh. the idea of comedy <laughs> NYU? they're like it's drama i'm like yeah but i like comedy they're like it's drama and i'm like so can i do a comedy and they're like 
fuck no, you're going to do Chekhov and you're going to do Shakespeare and then you're no. going to do more Chekhov. We did a whole year of like Chekhov, this like crazy Russian That's playwright. That's too much Chekhov. Yeah. That's too and much. And then a lot, a lot, a lot of Shakespeare, which I didn't mind. I love some Shakespeare. Okay. But Shakespeare was like the closest thing to comedy. And I was like, I want to do like a Steve Martin movie. Like <laughs> I, I like Adam Sandler. And it was just not the right. It was like I came with one idea of what I wanted to mm-hmm. work on. And they were like, LOL, you're going to do Chekhov. And then I told – it's no fucking respect. Nothing. Nothing. They're not Mm -hmm. even – there's no Oscar or award or no Tony. Like there's some musical comedy, but then they were like – there were people that are like, I'm a musical theater person. What about you? And I'm like, I am not a musical theater person. They're like, so you're a straight theater. And I'm like, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If I have to be, what the fuck? I was like, I really just wanted to live in New York. Yeah. Well, the and you did. <laughs> were you, are you, what, while you were in college, were you immediately like, I'm gonna be a comedian f- as a living? Yeah. And more so, I, the more that the teachers, like I did well, and then I felt like criticized and then I would be like, oh, but I'll do this. And then it was like more criticism. And then it was just Mm -hmm. so confusing. And there was like so much abuse happening just emotionally with teachers telling you that you suck. There was one teacher that was like fired, another that was should have been fired, another that was suspended. Then, you know, I had a whole instant. Oh, my God. So the third semester, you were mm-hmm. like third third year. They call it third year in, in the Atlantic program. And it was like, okay, first and second year, everyone's doing. And then the third year was like a bigger mm-hmm. deal. I don't know why. And you create your own theater company. That's what they told you to do. What? Why? Because that's what they said you do. We don't need 600 theater companies. Well, no, but everyone together, your whole age group, your whole grade, Mm. together we make our own theater company. And that was the – that's what you do in this program. Fine. So like a real theater company. And then um, the one thing that they offered third year was sketch comedy. And the teacher was this piece of shit. (laughs) Okay. This jerk uh-huh. who looked like a penis. Who just, I'm assuming, just hated uh, sketch comedy no. or any comedy? He was like 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 textbook Googling what makes good comedy. I don't know if you've Googled how to make things funny. <laughs> I'm going to after this. I but need to it says like out. numbers or mm-hmm. it says like, like oops, kind of like missing some. Anyways. Very, very basic, like, Google how to make things funny. And I was like, I don't care. I'm going to write amazing sketches. Like, this guy's not teaching me anything, but I know what I'm doing. And I had taken, like, UCB classes. Like, I was just, like, that was who I was. So, obviously, I was going to do really well. And I was so excited about this one Mm -hmm. single semester after two years of being told I fucking suck. Or that there was something about me that was good, but a lot Mm -hmm. that, like, was, they would say, like, unrefined or not specific enough, whatever. Mm -hmm. And anyways, so we were doing a a sketch. Like, you get up, you perform the sketch with your friend that you have rehearsed at Uh home. You rehearsed in your dorm room. You get up, and then one after another, you just go. And then we laugh, we critique, we come up with Mm -hmm. ideas. So we got up, we performed our sketch. We, like, pretended to make out with each other, me and this other girl who was, like, non-binary-ish, before non-binary was a thing. Mm -hmm. And then um, my teacher was like, oh, I have a note. Like, what if you did this? And he, like, totally grabbed my breast in front of everybody what yeah and the whole class gasped like like they all saw someone get murdered and then i was like shocked and like just sat down and was this like is okay just, yeah and then sat and down. you're like that's not how to give notes um, i was just felt violated and just like completely yeah, and retreated, in front of everyone retreated and then we so like wait, after that were you just like fuck this whole 
operation or? Absolutely. After that, it was like, it really unfortunately was the story of a confident, sincere, just jokey joke, silly girl who Mm -hmm. in many ways academic, like with the theater teachers, they didn't violate me sexually, but they definitely like beat me down a little emotionally. And then when it came to the one time that I knew I was going to shine, I was like physically Yeah, you're like, here, I got got this. And everyone knew Esther was the funny girl. And I was like shining. Yeah. This was my class. I got this. And he did this that, and guy. I retreated. I'm going to go to New York and hit, find him and hit him with a car. Like, <laughs> So then, guy. like, the rumor gets around that Ooh. he did something to me, mm-hmm. and everyone's talking about it in school. Mm-hmm. And it gets to, like, the head person, and she pulls me into a meeting. I was like, so I've been hearing some things. What happened? And I was like, so glad you asked. He um, grabbed my boob in front of the whole class, and it was fucked up. What'd she say? Like, what happened? She literally brushed it off and (gasps) was like, you know, these guys, like, they interact in a different way. Something Uh, about. No. Shut it down. No way. No way. Oh, Esther. And, like, meanwhile, I think that he, like, tried to sleep with a student. Then another teacher was sleeping with students. And then another no. teacher was, like, ag- like the female teachers somehow were, like, aggressively beating people with words. And then the male mm-hmm. teachers were um, having sex with people. And the whole thing was, like, pretty – now that I look back, now that I have, like, a real head on my shoulders, mm-hmm. super fucked up. Yeah. But at the time, I just wanted to please my teachers. And I thought it was never going to end. And then when it ended, I literally, because I just did the third year, I literally counted how many credits I needed Uh and then just figured out what classes I needed to take, did a winter session, and then banged it out and then left and went to L.A., didn't even walk on graduation, didn't care. I was like, I like technically graduated, but I never grabbed my diploma, never looked back, never wanted to go back. Was like, fuck that. Yeah. And I would like always be talking about stand up too. And I Uh had one teacher who was kind of a famous actress. Mm -hmm. She's awesome. It's Kristen Johnston. And she was known as like KJ and she was like one of uh-huh. my teachers. And I was like, this bitch. She was on Third Rock from the Sun. Uh-huh. She was famous. She uh-huh. was hysterical. And she was batshit crazy. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to learn from her. And there was a lot of things that I learned from her. But one day she had like a one-on-one talk with me. And she's like, if you're ever going to go to LA, don't go as a stand-up. That's the wrong choice. What? She's like, go as a sketch or acting, but don't do stand-up. Like, that's horrible. <laughs> it's It would be one thing if she was like, if you want to do stand-up, New York is kind of more – it's a it's a better place to no one start knew. or something. But that's like crazy. No one knew anything about stand-up and there was no respect for stand-up. And that school, basically the policy was no stand-up. That's fucked. I hate it. Basically. I hate it so much. Yeah. But there was a talent show and I like mm-hmm. submitted for the talent show and um, Alex Edelman was also doing the talent show. Uh-huh. And we were like That's in great. the same dorm and like, of course, the person doing like some weird ass talent won. Yeah, of course. It's, it's like, always some stupid thing. I tried. I did everything I could to like be an active student and like mm-hmm. – do comedy for the talent show. Do comedy before the acapella group. Mm-hmm. Do like I, tr- I did comedy before every weird function. And yeah, that. you're like, I'm trying to bring you assholes joy. Do you mind? I felt like I still feel like I'm. Pardon me for even trying to make you fuckers laugh. Like, yeah. my bad. Why don't you go back to crying over Chekhov? Absolutely. Wait, so you come out to L.A. Uh, uh, my, for stand-up and acting? 
So, yeah. So I, when I was a sophomore, this was before the Mm -hmm. molestation incident at NYU (laughs) that I'll have to write about in my book. In year three. Mm -hmm. Um, Sophomore year, after sophomore year, going into my junior year, that summer, I wanted to go to this like intensive program, Commedia dell'arte, mm-hmm. mask, I don't know, some yes. fancy words all put together and it was located in Amsterdam. And I auditioned for it and my dad was like, I'm not paying for you to go there. And he was already paying for NYU. <laughs> yeah. So I was and like, he's like, my hey. comedy career didn't take off. So, so he's you. like, you need to go to LA. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what am I going to do there? And he's like, comedy. And I'm like, where am I going to live? And he was like, what about the sorority house? So he had this brilliant idea for me to get into the AFI sorority house. And I was a part of AFI, which didn't even matter because you could just basically rent a room in a sorority house over the summer mm-hmm. for a certain amount of money. Uh-huh. So I just lived in this sorority house <laughs> for two months and did every open mic, every single show, every comedy club in two months and was wow. like doing so well and felt so good. Uh-huh. In hindsight, I should have quit college and just stayed in L.A. and like let this momentum because I was like this new kid in comedy. But yeah. instead, I went back to college, no. finished the c- stupid credits that I never, ever needed, had this big gap. And then when I came back, it was like, oh, right, you were here for two months. Like it was like <laughs> I always feel like there's beginner's luck. No. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and especially you kind of, when you're you had a girl, it and then left it. Yeah, and you're like a new shiny thing in town. Yeah. Wait, so when did you move out to so- – So then finally after yeah. three – exactly three and a half years of college, mm-hmm. I moved to L.A. with my sister. I don't know why. <laughs> Wait, was she wanting to be in entertainment at all or is she just yes chaperoning and you for no. your dreams? <laughs> okay. Hard Perfect. yes and hard no. <laughs> okay. My sister has always been torn between trying to make my dad happy and mm-hmm. for some reason she got a different memo. Got the it. Memo so her memo got. wasn't comedy. No. <laughs> The memo that my sister got was that you have to be a lawyer. Yeah. Cool, because your dad was at this point. Yes, yes. So she, her memo was in order to make your dad proud and your family proud, you need to be a lawyer. But Esther, in order to make your dad happy, same dad, mm-hmm. you have to be a comedian. <laughs> same dad, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, she, one day I'm on the phone with her. And she's in Tampa in a bad mm-hmm. relationship with this guy who I think did a lot of Adderall. Perfect. Great. So psycho. He looked like Skeletor. Like he was a fat guy who then mm-hmm. decided to abuse Adderall and then became a skinny guy. So he walked around with the confidence of a brand new skinny man. <laughs> Excellent. And was awful. (laughs) (laughs) He was a piece of garbage. So she's with him. Then they have this horrible breakup. I'm like, thank God. Then she's like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do. And she has like one more year of law school. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever done this to someone, but I did it. (laughs) I pumped the gas, which I never would ever do now. Uh You have to move to New York. You have to move to New York. And I kept pushing it to a point where she transferred from her school to my my third year of college mm-hmm. was then her third year of law school in New York mm-hmm. City. So she went to a New York law school while I was mm-hmm. in theater school, whatever. Then I was like, it's time we go to L.A. So we both fly to L.A. We put all of our stuff in storage. In New York. What do you think happened to the storage? Oh, no. Oh, no. What happened to it? Well, it. she stopped paying for it because it was expensive. And I guess storage wars? I don't know. No, it's just gone? Oh, I hate that. Yeah. And so a lot of the time my mom will be like, well, blah, blah, blah. Do you have this? And I'm like, we lost it in the storage. Like it's always (laughs) like it was the storage. Like there was years where I was like, 
my Louis Vuitton purses in the storage storage unit. Like there was no, you know, it was gone. That was a good lesson that like material doesn't matter because it was a good lesson. Sure. It didn't matter. Having a panic attack. All my shit went to someone hopefully who is enjoying all my stuff. But like, um, we packed like a bag each and flew to LA. We got off the plane and I went straight to the Toyota dealership, got a car. Then we found, I was like staying with this guy that I had kind of was hooking up with mm-hmm. when I came mm-hmm. like in, as after the two months. sophomore yeah. year. Uh-huh. And then um, stayed with him for a little bit and we had a dog with us. That's too just much. To that's, add chaos. To the crazy that's chaos. That's chaos. <laughs> and then we got an apartment. We shared mm-hmm. it. It was on Argyle. And we shared a studio apartment. Mm-mm. Esther, that's too much. That's too many things. And you and were in, third, you moved, you lost your storage unit, but then you moved into a new storage unit with your sister. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and we had, we had no money. Of course. We were living in this shithole studio, Mm -hmm. no parking. Perfect. I just get my car. Mm -hmm. And I had a car in high school, and then I sold it so I could go to NYU. Mm -hmm. And then now I need another. So I get my Toyota, and I park it, and the next morning it's not there. (gasps) Wait. Was it towed? My car got towed. Okay. I'm like. Like almost immediately. (laughs) Like the third day, I want to so say when did day. You start? I want to say day three. Oh my god! When did things like feel like they were working out for you in LA? Um, well, or do I, they yet? <laughs> I got a job as a shot girl. Oh boy! I found a Craigslist ad looking for hot girls to sell shots. Uh huh. And so me and my sisters show up in like whore outfits, and we get hired. We go out. We start selling shots. She's terrible at it. Like, she cannot sell a single shot. <laughs> well, because she's a lawyer and not a comic. <laughs> she's not trying to – she's not, like, need to please. Right, And yeah. so I became this amazing shot girl. Uh-huh. And so I was somehow figuring out how to make money by going – to nightclubs mm-hmm. and selling shots, which is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And I would straighten my hair and put on like whore makeup. No. And tell everyone my name was Danielle and that I said I was Persian. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And then everyone like it was just like life of the party. Like I was putting on a whole persona. You're you're still acting at this point. You're like, this I am my- Chekhov yes. trained. Whatever. Yes. <laughs> you're like, this is my Tish. Yes. showcase this was my tish showcase <laughs> and like mexican drug dealers would be like i'd be like do you want to buy a shot and they'd be like i want a shot at you and i'm like of course okay, yeah. mm-hmm. do you want to buy me a shot and then i would do like the water shots. yeah 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 this is the best so kept secret and buy in me shots and i would take water shots or juice shots and i'd be like mm, so strong and i started to make i'm not going to say i made a shitload of money but i started to really be able to support myself mm-hmm. and then from there i always feel like you kind of have to have your feet on the ground with the roof over your head before you're like even gigging yeah before anything's happening because otherwise it's too much chaos and it's like you can't keep organized you you know it's but i it's would just lot. go on sunday and monday to the comedy store I mm-hmm. would just do my very best and, you know, try to flex and get up. And, I mean, I remember someone introduced me on stage at the comedy store. This girl has fucked some other comedians mm-hmm. and then introduced me. So that was really mean. That really hurt my feelings. Yeah, that's fucked up. That's really <laughs> fucked up. It's also like, who cares? That's not your credit. What? Wait, when did you start, like, making money from com- – Oh, oh! Here's when I was in college, yeah. uh-huh. I got asked to do. I was like, once in a while, would do like an Eastville show and get handed twenty dollars, mm-hmm. and that kind of felt good. And like once in a while, do a show where someone's like, it pays twenty five or fifty dollars, like that kind of mm-hmm. felt good. But when um, there's this woman, and she put together this show called Nice Jewish Girls Gone mm-hmm. Bad. Oh, great. 
It's she never sings, corny enough. I mean, it's not. It's not, and it's not. <laughs> it's it was an opportunity to leave school and get paid mm-hmm. to be part of this. There was four women, and she, the one main woman, she would sing and do like crazy makeup and sing Amazing. like songs about her. Like it was Jewish, but it was just about her pussy. And like gay men loved it, but she would also somehow market herself to Jewish community centers, which is really weird. Uh So it was Uh we we did this tour where we did gay clubs and Jewish community centers. Uh Uh-huh. And she had me dancing. She wanted me as a backup dancer. What? And she Yeah. <laughs> She's like, wear this dreidel costume. No. And you need to learn the dance. Moves. I'm gonna jump out of the window. And then also <laughs> you get to do 15 minutes of your pussy jokes. No way. Wait, when did oh boy, when did um Funny Girls funny, happen? Funny girls come around. Did is this you did funny girls were they recruiting and they saw you in the dreidel costume? I got, and an, like, I, I got go. this agent. And it was like such a sticky situation. I should just say, I got this agent, was so excited. They saw me at the improv or something. Like I was hustling, getting up, just just trying to be around. And I'm like, obviously the only way to quote unquote make it is Mm -hmm. go up, be awesome, be authentic, make people laugh. And someone's going to see you and be like, will you, I want to rep you, hopefully. Mm -hmm. So that happened to me and pretty fast. And I was very happy. It was really small agency. And then, um... They sent me out for this audition. I didn't want to go. And at the time, my boyfriend was Andy Haynes. And he was like, I'll drive you. I'll get coffee. And I was like, oh, my God. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. It's a Mm -hmm. docu-series called, like, Pretty Funny. It was Uh just so embarrassing. And then I get there. And this, like, stunning Latina girl walks out, like, giggling. Like, she had the best audition Totally threw me off, and I was just like, uh-huh. she was like a bombshell, like Sophia, like uh, Sophia Vergara. Vergara. Like, yeah. I was just like, it's just like my, a straight fuck, up supermodel comes out. Yeah, and- yeah. And I was like, what am I doing here? You hear them and still they applauding like, in the room. <laughs> everyone's talking about her. They're like Francesca. Oh my god, you weren't here for that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> She leaves like, okay, of course, we'll keep in touch. And I'm like, hi, is this where I go? And they're like, yeah. And I sit down and this camera guy, this poor, there was just like one guy in a camera. And he was like, oh, tell me about yourself. Uh And I like launched into a two hour monologue about myself Started cracking myself up, started talking about my boyfriend. And at the time, I lived Mm -hmm. with my boyfriend and my sister. And my boyfriend's still kind of married, like not – Yeah, he's in the middle of a divorce. Mm -hmm. And my sister's crazy and like trying to be a lawyer and whatever. We all live together. And I just – I guess wowed them with the amount (laughs) that I could talk about myself. And then I had like (laughs) – I had like five more um, meetings mm-hmm. with different people in NBC uh, Universal, and it was Oxygen people and casting people and the head of of NBC Universal, and I just was like, I made it. Yeah. And then apparently they cast 10 girls, but they were going to narrow it down to six. And then it really was only five. And then when we started filming – it's like they couldn't even get us on stage. They'd be like, okay, so we're going to film you at a mic. And I was like, you're going to film me at a mic? Yeah. Like, can't yeah. we just – can't you use your – you're a TV show. You can't yeah, get film us on me a show. Doing, get me on a show. And it was like, no, we can't. Like, no one knew how to get me on a show. And also, I was getting Come some on. shows, but they, I feel like they were loving the down and out open mics they were loving like eating bombing eating shit like anything to like i didn't realize how much they were leading me into conflict until later and i was like Mm -hmm. i was being so totally like led into a lot of conflict that I was like allergic to i'm allergic to conflict it's it is crazy i did i'm I did a one episode of this like docu series thing years ago, 
And they interviewed me. The docu-series is a euphemism for a reality show. Every time. And so they they interviewed me before. And it was for PBS. So I'm like, oh, this will be fine. And they're like, how are things going? And I was like, I had a lot of cool shit going on at the time. So I was like, oh, I mean, I'm killing it. I'm making my living from comedy. I have this and this. And then when when it came out, they intro my clip and they're like, you know, this next, you know, comedy is really hard. And she's just struggling and trying to make a go of it. And I'm like, fuck you. I never said that. I never once said that. It was just like, and they, you know, and then they show all the clips of my interview and none of it, it was not once was I like, oh, I'm really struggling. But they kept asking me, they're like, what was it like waiting tables? And I'm like, oh, I hated it. And the guy's like, but you were good at it, huh? You're a good waitress. And I'm like, no, what? What the fuck? It was just like... (laughs) These producers have an agenda. I hate them. And mm-hmm. if they want to create their own narrative, then go write a scripted show. Yeah. Go script it's really, it. They were it trying sucks. to push their own narrative so uh-huh. much. And I was like, that's just not the reality. So it mm-hmm. came out really weird. I'm like, there was so much juicy, crazy shit going down, but they mm-hmm. didn't catch it on camera. They caught yeah. a lot of weird things on camera and all the real, real crazy drama was happening off camera. All of, of it. And I was like, in my brain, I'm like, thank God the cameras aren't here. And I was also like, maybe they should be here because this is what's authentically happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, but it was yeah, a I wild ride. And I guess I was kind of under the impression that this was like my ticket to tickets. Like uh-huh. this was my t- like my whole goal is to have a fan base to sell tickets to tour and make money selling tickets to my show. That's yeah. it. Absolutely. That's all. So this was my in my brain. I was like, I'm on TV. I'm gonna sell tickets to yeah. my standup. But they they just had it. It was like wrong time, wrong place, wrong mm-hmm. network. The network ended up turning into a crime show network, which makes sense because it was the death of my career. Okay. <laughs> there um, you go. Wait, so I wanna because we're getting close to an uh-oh. hour and I don't wanna keep I don't wanna keep you all day, but so I wanna sorry. talk about your album, which is so great. And so, yeah, you have I, such a cool album cover. I'm obsessed. I did my album, which one? Uh-huh. A Haber School Dropout. Yes. Which was a Britney Spears inspired. Uh-huh. And that was me taking the best of the best of mm-hmm. Esther Steinberg of 10 years of doing comedy. Uh-huh. And then two years later, I was pregnant and I realized mm-hmm. I need to do another stand up album. Yeah. And I wanted mm-hmm. to call it Crowning. Uh- <laughs> well, that didn't happen. I called uh-huh. up Comedy Dynamics and I'm like, I'm ready to do an album. I'm pregnant and I'm ready to go. I'm going to call uh-huh. it Crowning. And they were like, okay, Esther, yeah, let's talk about your album. And then they like came back and were like, we're going to be doing a couple of specials. And I was like, okay, is uh-huh. it still going to be an album? And they're like, it'll be a special and then it will also be released as an album. And I was so excited. That was That's April. awesome. April. I think I didn't even realize that that came out as an album too. I mean, was, I knew it was a special. Well, February mm-hmm. – that was February 2020. Uh-huh. March 2020, the world shut down. Yeah. And so – and I had a baby May 2020. Yeah. So then I was like, I'm never filming this special. It's never going to happen. And then they were like, hey, July, July 7th. Uh-huh. I'm like, what about July 7th? They're like, you're going to film your special. I'm like, the world is shut down. What do you – what <laughs> did you not hear? They canceled my special. Uh-huh. That's what I thought. And I was like a mortar. I was like, they canceled my special. And it turns out they were going to do it. But they were going to do a drive-in special. And I was like, let's go. Yeah. yeah. It's a post. First, I was going to have a special where I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. That's been done. Been yeah. done. Yeah. yeah. But then I was going to have a postpartum pandemic drive-in special. Uh, Never been done. Never yeah. been done. And I was really excited. Anyways, I like – I did five Zoom shows to prepare for it where usually comedians do like yeah, a hundred tour, a right. hundred city tour, and then they go and they was do Was that nerve-wracking then to just go up after like oh, five yeah. Zoom shows? Damn. How did you remember your fucking hour? I remember – I memorized it like it was a monologue and I had to oh, check that's off. so good. It's so hard off. for me to do that. You – no one should have to do it. Yeah. But I did it. And then – um, Noah helped me basically 
he helped me in a little tweaks here mm-hmm. and there go from – I would just go from one joke to the next. Uh-huh. And he was really helpful with bridging the gap. Yeah. So if I'm t- – you know, so if I'm talking about my uterus and then uh-huh. I'm talking about the baby's bris, uh-huh. let's just say we're circumcision, he would, like, help me find a segue from one – joke to the next yeah. and he yeah. was like this is going to improve your whole um special if you have well and it helps really memorize concise. it too right exactly mm-hmm. it's like how am i supposed to memorize that i go from a to b you know it's like you mm-hmm. have to come up with a good sentence so oh and that's the next joke yeah so that is yeah. the secret sauce that i've now like 13 years after my comedy class and like you gotta that's an advanced one yeah the segue but that then I was really 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 happy with how it came out and again I was like that's it I'm famous yeah I did I did a special yeah fuck yeah but I'm not famous and still to this day I'm like where is the exposure how do I get people to to know me and to watch my comedy. Mm-hmm. And like, there's so many people out there that um, are like, it's social media. Yeah. And I'm like, I I refuse. Yeah. I was uh, recently told by an agent that to, if I want to get signed, I have to get on TikTok and get my TikTok <laughs> numbers up. And I was like, that's the laziest thing I've ever heard of. Fuck you. Um, it's like, it's also like, do you want me on TikTok or would you like me to write my pilot? Because it's not going to be both. Um, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. It's crazy that that's like a requirement because it's like, well, then what happens when TikTok goes away? I just no longer it's have not, a body of work. Not. You know, this is five years ago. Is someone telling you that your Twitter needs to be good? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, my Twitter's good. And, and now what? And you don't care about that. So I it's 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 so arbitrary and stupid. Um, I hate. I it. I think that it's just go on stage and make people laugh. I still think that's the key. Yeah, that's just the whole get deal. on yeah. the stage mm-hmm. and make the people laugh and do your best work and do it on Zoom or do it on Clubhouse, do mm-hmm. it on live, do it live, do it for ten people, do it for three thousand yeah. people. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and just write and rewrite and keep working on your shit. And then maybe your dad will be proud of you. <laughs> maybe you'll book so, a gig as a backup dancer wearing a dreidel high, costume. <laughs> my, I know. My <laughs> high school has a notable alumni page, mm-hmm. and it's mostly athletes. And then one of my friends who was like Miss World USA, uh, whatever, uh-huh. which her modeling agency just like picked her and was like, here, you're Miss World USA. She – I had been putting my name on the notable alumni list – on my high school for like over and over and people would just delete it like pta yeah that's so fucked one Uh day i get a google alert because you should everyone should do this google alert your own name Mm -hmm. you have to yeah you and so i got a google alert that my name was in the new york times Mm -hmm. and i was like what's this (laughs) another holocaust survivor named esther steinberg (laughs) and and it wasn't. Uh-huh. It was a review, and it was a glowing review of my special burning oh, bush. I love that. And I was like, wow, validation. How good. New York Times. That's right. Take that, NYU bitches, in the front of the art section. Yeah, I section. hope all your old teachers read that. I know. Because fuck them. I know. So I get this glowing review, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, very rare. I'm patting myself on the back, feeling good. And I took the link to the New York Times and used it to cite the notable alumni. Mm -hmm. I wrote Esther Steinberg and then I linked because, you know, Wikipedia, they love a link. Yeah. Here's my reference. Uh This Uh is why she's notable. So it says like Wade Boggs was in the Hall of Fame for baseball and then Uh like his Uh link to his Hall of Fame. And then I put mine in the link to the New York Times and now my name is officially on the notable alumni list of my high school. I love it. Plant High School. I know. And I really... That was a sweet, sweet joy. Yeah. What's is there something else you're trying to get like something else like that that you're going after now? <laughs> um, no, that was literally all I <laughs> ever wanted. <laughs> all I ever wanted was a notable alumni list. I think I want my acting studio to post 
yeah, absolutely. Like, alumni Esther Steinberg, just so I can be like, you guys didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> just, just comment that. That's the that's the level there's of a guest petty class. I really love. Yes, there's a guest class every single Friday that my studio, which like beat the shit out of me emotionally. Mm-hmm. There would be like a famous person come in. Mm-hmm. It was like Chris North from Sex and the City would come. He was doing a play in New York, but he was going to come in and do a guest class because one of the teachers had done a play with him uh-huh. 45 years ago. <laughs> and then he would come and like tell everyone about moment to moment work. And so I was like, one day I'll be here as a yeah. guest class. Hell and yeah, be like, you, you guys. And then at, during the guest class, I'll just be like, I was molested. By my teacher. Yeah, and like drop out. Everybody yeah, drop like, out. This is bullshit. Happy I didn't guest even class. Walk. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love that. I, I have one last question for you. Um, if like a, if your child self, like 11-year-old Esther, could meet you, what do you think she would think? Ew, you have a baby? <laughs> I think that I'd be shocked that I still have my real nose. Oh, that's really funny. I'd be like, what are you doing with that thing on your face? Oh, my God. Your nose is cute. (laughs) I mean. The best face. (laughs) You know, it's a choice at this point. Yeah. Well, you can't get rid of it now because look what happened to Jennifer Grey. Look what happened to Jennifer Grey. Yeah, exactly. And and if you get a nose job now, like you're already – your nose is part of the notable alumni. So, no, I think, yeah. but I think my, I know it's a nosable alumni. So, <laughs> um, there actually should be a nosable alumni, mm-hmm. and I'll put down the best noses in Hollywood. You're not invited. Only Sarah Jessica Parker and Barbara. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> sorry, Lisa, you're, you're out. So um. So I, the my 11 year old self would be proud, especially my theme, my bat mitzvah theme was Hollywood. And I had a red carpet and all these like oh, cutouts of fake it. celebrities like Marilyn Monroe and the Three Stooges. And I had never been to Hollywood before in my life, but uh-huh. my theme was Hollywood. Uh-huh. And we went all out with the decor. Mm-hmm. Of course, so you have to. I have to remind myself sometimes that like I'm just a small town girl from Tampa who is living – the dream of my childhood to be like in Hollywood and pursuing just being on stage, telling jokes, writing movies, writing TV shows. Like I'm doing whatever I set out to do. And I still feel like a bit of a kid. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I I don't feel so jaded. I feel like a dreamer still. So I, I, after, once I get my nose job, I'll be like, I'm jaded. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, then you're gonna have a new personality. You're gonna it's yes. it'll be a rebranding. Yes, you know? it'll yes. be instead of like post mortem, it'll be post that like, postpartum, not mortem. Yeah. Oh, post mortem. <laughs> you're like, oh, you just had a baby. You must be post mortem. <laughs> Esther, I know like four words. Okay. <laughs> I'm so. Also, I have post-mortem. to say, I have to say, I never. Th- I never wanted a kid when I was, like, a kid. Uh I was never, like, I want to be a mom. It was not Mm -hmm. part of my agenda whatsoever. Yeah, and now you But now I am a mom, Mm -hmm. and I am obsessed. Yeah, you have the cutest baby Thank you. That's all I wanted to hear. I was like, how long is – am I going to be on this podcast until you admit that I have a cute (laughs) kid? (laughs) But I'm going to try to not put him in acting – or anything. Yeah. I'll just I yeah. just want him to be a sur- a Cali surfer. That's great. That's a good Yeah, just slap but some sunscreen on him and send him out. He's going to turn into Polly Shore. Oh no. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, well let's hope that doesn't happen. Um <laughs> thank you so much for being on. It was so great to talk to you. Thank Always. you. Always I love hearing the story about your dad and stuff. Um that's really funny. Yeah, he um, well he, my the story's funny, but he's not. <laughs> something's gotta be um all right well thank you so much i'll talk thank to you, you later. for having me you're the best <laughs> right. thanks so much for listening 
Once again, that was Esther Steinberg. You can find her on Instagram at esther.steinberg. It's E-S-T-E-R, no H. And you can find her on Twitter at Esther K, K-A-Y. And I'm Lisa Curry. You can find me on Twitter at Lisa underscore Curry and on Instagram at Olympian Lisa Curry. As usual, if you're enjoying the podcast, like, subscribe, leave a nice comment. Uh, No negative comments. Welcome. You don't like it? Keep it moving. Listen to something else. Um, Also, I need to say I have some very, very big gigs coming up. You can check my calendar on my website at lisacurry.net. I will be performing in Dubai from August 18th through the 27th are my shows. I have six shows as of now. We may add six more, so keep an eye out for that. Are you in Dubai? Are you near Dubai? Can you get to Dubai? You're going to want to see these shows. It's going to be a great time. Uh, Thanks, and we will see you next week. Bye.